And I, I like how uh, the story and these scriptures bear out the truth that uh, when he invites you somewhere, it's in your best interest to get up and go. If he, if he invites you somewhere, don't give him excuses. If he calls you somewhere, don't say, well, this is going on and that's going on and I'm not sure if I have the time or I can get away. He invited them to a place where he could do something for them like they had never seen before. If he ever starts inviting you, get up and go wherever it is because it's in that devoted experience that the miraculous will transpire. You can't stay in the same mindset and leave here changed. You can't stay in the same position and leave here changed. You cannot go through the same motions and expect anything to be different in your life. You have to hear the voice of God, and when He begins to call, sometimes that call is a lifted hand. Sometimes that call is a raised voice. Sometimes that call is, I can't sit in this seat any longer. I've got to get out and go where He's calling me. And when you make that move, he meets you there in a place of the miraculous. I, I love how the story uh, plays out here. Now, those moments, let me say this, and I hope you don't get offended, but those moments when he calls you away, those moments can be otherworldly. I, uh, I hate to apply that to to God, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Those moments are just completely off the charts of what you have designed or understand for your life. All of a sudden, he crashes in to where you are and says, come up a little bit higher. <laughs> he says, Take up your bed and walk. He, he, he said, here's an invitation. Now, if you want this experience, then you have to do something about changing where you are. And if you will do something about changing where you are, then on the other side of this is that otherworldliness of, of, of the miraculous power of God that can show up in our lives. When, when we began to rationalize things and, and we began to try and plot it out or figure it out, we have at that moment taken ourselves out of the mix for his divine touch. Amen? If it's going to happen in your life, you can't sit back and try to figure it out before it happens. You just have to follow him to the mountain and say, if this is where you want me to go, then I'm headed with you. I don't know what's going to transpire when we get there, but I'm not staying where I am right now. I, I, I pray that this would uh, impress upon us feelings like they had of joy. They had feelings and, and thoughts that this is amazing. I have never seen anything like this before. He is in front of them trans 
disfigured and his face began to shine like the sun and his raiment was white as the light. And they are observing all of this going on. And they're taken back a little bit by that. And and the Bible says all of a sudden in this moment, Moses shows up and Elias shows up. And now they're in the presence of Jesus, Moses, and Elias. And they are aghast. If you you go where he's leading you, he will blow your mind with what he has to perform when you get there. Amen. If If you're good with life as it is right now, then you don't even understand what I'm talking about. But if you get to the place where you are sick and tired of the way life is and what's going on in your world and you're ready for something else, you don't care what the naysayers have to, to, to contribute. You don't care what the opinions of others may be. You just say, I, I, I feel an invitation, and I can't sit here and act like it's just another Sunday morning. I feel a draw. I feel a call. I, I have to express. I have to somehow get this out. And when we do, things start happening <laughs> that are amazing. And the Bible said uh, they're talking with them, and Peter said, to the Lord, he said, man, it's good, it's good. I mean, bright, bright Peter, it's good for us to be here. I mean, like, really? How'd you figure that out? I mean, how long did it take you to figure this out? Nobody has seen Moses in hundreds of years. They did not even know where he was buried. They could not even come up with his bones. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Have you read your Bibles? Here's a guy that no one's heard from, didn't know where he was buried, that literally had a heavenly battle going on over his bones, and now he shows up. And and Peter, the star of the show, says, this is good. (laughs) Wow, this is real good. This is good. And then Elias, what? The one that was caught up. The one that the chariot picks up. The one that, come on, these are men that they had no burial services for. These are men and they're, here's Peter, James, and John. Jesus' face is shining like the sun. His garment is white like the light. Moses shows up, Elias shows up, and begins to talk with them, and all Peter can come up with is, this is good. it's good for us to be here. Sometimes we leave church that way. We don't even know how to put into words what just happened, we, but we just say, it was good for us to be there today. <laughs> it may have scared us. It may have shocked us. It, it, it may have stirred us. It may have pushed us in ways we've never been pushed, but we just get in the car and say, that. It was good. <laughs> it was good for us. And, and here he is, Peter, saying, it's good for us to be here. And then he, then he has this bright idea. This is so incredible. Why don't we just build three tabernacles, one for each of you, and, and we can set this up, and this will happen all the time. We'll just show up here on the mountain. We'll come back and forth, and this is going to be great. Let's do that. 
This is, this is my idea. This is the plan. And the Bible says, while he was speaking, a cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Okay. We're talking about moments when we encounter his majesty. Okay? They are standing there encountering his majesty. Face like the sun. Garment that is white like a light. And, and this is lofty. How many would agree this is lofty? This would probably qualify for supreme. Anybody else? You know, supreme in greatness. Uh, you know, most of the time when we, when we step into those moments, it's more of rage and upset and people are seeing all this other stuff. That's not what was happening. He is supreme in greatness. He's proving his sovereignty. He, it's, his, it's regal in the moment. There, there's so much to be said here, but they are taken back by this. Then the cloud comes over. They hear a voice saying, this is my beloved son. I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. There's more to it than just seeing his majesty. Come on. You can see people who in monarchies rule over kingdoms and you see their majesty. But when you begin to hear them speak, it takes that to a complete different level. He didn't say, this is my son. Keep looking at him and everything will be great. He said, hear what he has to say. Hear him. Not, not, not just see him, but, but hear him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell on their face. Notice, face like a sun, garments like white light, Moses there, Elias there. And, but when they hear it, the Bible says they fall down. There's something about the voice of God, hallelujah, that changes everything. When he begins to speak, we can no longer stand. We have to acquiesce whatever's going on in our lives to his majesty, to his majesty. They, the Bible said they fell on their face. They were sore afraid. Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. What they saw first was Jesus, Moses, and Elias. Then they hear a word and they're taken back and they're on the ground and Jesus comes and touches them and tells them, don't be afraid. And when they rise this time, they don't see anything else but Him. Can I tell you, He's not going to share His glory with anybody? Not Buddha, not Muhammad. Not Allah, not confused. Come on, they were singing it early. He's not sharing his glory with Moses. Baal. He's not sharing his glory with anybody. When his word begins to come into our lives, we no longer look for other voices. We just look for him. We just look for the one that changed us. We look for the one that we could not stand any longer in his presence. That we could not in our arrogance and pride stand there because it was so overwhelming in majesty. Somebody shout majesty. 
majesty. We serve a God of majesty. Amen. And so here's an encounter that Jesus had with these men, and it, it, it's the, it, it, it proves potential to change their lives forever. And simply by the story that we just read here, he demonstrated that change uh, can happen, and he demonstrated this before them in his own body. He experienced a metamorphosis. He changed in front of them. And he was doing that to set the precedent and the example that he could also change them. Huh. I don't put much stock into people that, can't, that really can't change themselves when they start telling me how I need to do something. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? They have all the advice in the world, but they don't have enough strength to do it themselves. They can tell you what to do, but they'll never do it themselves. Jesus didn't do that. He experienced change before them, and he was doing that to show them, I can also change you. This is not something we're just going to talk about or something you'll just hear about, but it's something that will actually transpire. Amen. And so he demonstrated this change before them. In the midst of this, there's an approval from heaven by the voice out of the cloud that says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then the establishment of the possibility of transformation in their lives. And as a result, Peter wanted to memorialize this place. He wanted to memorialize the person that was there and in this demonstration that took place. But hear me, single events, single events reserved for, okay, the mountain, three select individuals, no one else, no other disciple could tell a story like this. No other person that Jesus touched, changed, healed. This was a single, solitary event. Okay? These single events that happened in Him, reserved for one specific location, those things should just be the beginning of our walk with God. Not the defining moment of all I know about God is there. See, that's what Peter wanted to do. Peter wanted to say, this moment is incredible. Let's stay here forever. And he said, that's not in the plan. Because single events of great miraculous encounter are not what this is about. It's just where it begins. Amen. There's a whole lot of living in front of you. There's a whole lot of situations in front of you. And we're not going to run back to a tabernacle set here on a mountain. But I'm going to show up with you in every circumstance that comes into your life, no matter where it is. When I extend an invitation, you don't have to run to a mountain. You don't have to go back to a tabernacle. You don't have to go back to say, when I was eight, something happened. You can say, something happened today because he is sovereign and he is full of majesty and his kingdom is not just something for yesterday his kingdom is something that is for every day 
every day. And so, so they, move, they, they, they move forward from that. And there's many, many people in our world today who question the devotion of Christians. Do you know anybody that questions your devotion? You ever met anybody or you assume you have family members? Man, you guys, you guys are doing good because nobody in the building but me. Let me see your hand. Anybody ever question your devotion? Friends, family members, neighbors, strangers? Question the devotion that you have as a Christian, a child of God? Let me tell you the answer. Here's the answer to give when the questions come. The answer and the source of our personal transformations, it's discovered right here in the Word of God. When His power and His authority, hallelujah, is confirmed in our lives, we lose sight of other things and we find focus in Him. When they say, how can you be so devoted? How can you do that day after day? How can you keep this up after all of these years? Here's what happened. I lost sight of everything else, and the only thing I can see now is Him. And so nothing else comes into the picture. Nothing else that clouds your vision. Nothing else that steals your allegiance. Nothing else that drags you away even begins to enter into my world because all I see is Jesus. Amen. When I get up, I see Him. When I live my life, I see Him. When I make right decisions, I see Him. When I lay down down at night, I see him. When I get up next week and the week after and the month after, I'm not looking to anything else but him. Here's the answer. It's all in him. Somebody shout, it's all in him. It's all in him. In fact, Colossians tells us that. Colossians tells us that in him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Him. When I see Jesus, I see all I'll ever need. When I see Jesus, I see everything that tomorrow's life will throw at me. I see the answer to it. I see the way maker. I see the provider. I see the great shepherd. Hallelujah. I see my strong tower. I see a shield. I see a buckler. I see a friend like no other. I, I, I see bread when I'm hungry and water when I'm thirsty. When I see him, I don't have to look anywhere else because in him is everything that I I need for life. So when people question, it doesn't even, it doesn't phase me. Because if you're, if, if you're seeing all these other things, well, this may be an answer and that may be a road and this may lead me to what I want and I'm going to try that. You have no clue how I'm living my life. None of those other things ever even enter into the picture. Because once I got up and saw him, I haven't looked for anything else since that day. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? They said, we only see him. We don't see anyone else. We don't see anything else. How great Moses was, how great Elias was, how wonderful the cloud was and the voice speaking. They said, we don't see any of that. Some people are looking to characters. They're looking to Bible figures. They're looking, oh, you're not helping me preach today. We got a big building and a quiet crowd. You need to open your mouth and help the preacher today. Folks think that it's in personality. They think it's in. 
Well, this man did that and this religious figure did that. When they came up after he touched them, they didn't see any more religious figures. They didn't see any more persuasive leaders. They didn't see any more powerful people. All they saw was him. And until you can get your eyes on him, you have no clue about encountering majesty. But when you encounter majesty, you realize he is sovereign. You realize he is the one that can make a way where there seems to be no way. He's the one that can show up in every situation of your life and bring the necessary change. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Last night when we were praying in this building after setting up in a short time of of, of rehearsal, as I was praying, all I could think about was the holiness of God in this place. They've had graduations here. They've had dramas here, they've had band concerts here, they've had promotions this year in this school, and even in the last few days, when we got here yesterday, there was a podium over here and things set up from a recent graduation, but when we started moving things around and setting things up, and we started entertaining the presence of the Lord, all of a sudden majesty moved in the building. And and in that presence, I felt the holiness of God. I I felt the presence of God come in, the majesty of God, the power that supersedes any other earthly power. Hallelujah. Come on, you lose sight of everything else when His majesty comes in. You lose sight of everything else when His holiness resides. You lose sight of everything else when His power is on display. I feel the presence of the Lord here right now. Amen. I find my focus in Him. I said, I find my focus in Him. People people are questioning and wondering and confused and lonely. Get your eyes on Jesus. All of that will change. Amen. Well, I can't. I don't know which way to go. I'm confused. Don't know how I'm going to make it. The only reason you feel that way is because you're looking to too many things. You need to see Him and see Him only. And when you see Him in this light, all of a sudden, what the answers you didn't have, you have them. The things that used to push you away start pulling you in. Shout amen. Amen. Encounter him. When you encounter him, that encounter has the power to change the course of your life. It has the power to change the course of your life. Uh, I don't even have these in my, this in my notes, but I thought about it. Yesterday, um, June the 1st, marked 22 years since Lisa and I and Madison, she was only a year old, we started a church in Asheville, North Carolina in a storefront on June the 1st, 1997. And we had prepared for several months uh, remodeling a storefront purchasing everything necessary, chairs and sound system and keyboards. And back in those days, we didn't have computers and projectors. We had overhead projectors. You guys know what an overhead projector is? And that's, that's the cat's meow. Amen. You go and you, uh, you buy the transparencies and you get to write out all of the announcements with kind of a marker. And, 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 and 
We wrote out all the song lyrics and had a file like this big and all the transparencies are in there. And, and, and so I led service here and, and the, trans, the, the overhead projector was here and small building and Lisa was right here on the keyboard and Madison was in a car seat. And so Lisa's playing the keyboard and moving the car seat with, to keep her quiet and rocking, rocking her. And, and we couldn't sing fast songs because we, she couldn't keep up with this going and babies and so, so, so we sang all slow songs and all quiet, and, and I would try to clap, you know, a little bit, and she would say, stop clapping. I'm like, but we're Pentecostal. Aren't we supposed to do this in church? I can't play if you're clapping. You're getting, I'm like, I mean, <laughs> and, and tar- trading the transparencies out. She's playing and taking care of babies, and I've and got the overhead going and trying to preach and lead service and pray for people and chase folks in the parking lot, and it, it was fun. That was 22 years ago yesterday when we started that first church, and we didn't know if anyone would walk through the doors that day. It was just Lisa and I in Madison, and uh, my late father flew in like he, uh, he often did in our lives. He just would show up whenever he wanted to show up. So he flew in and surprised us. So my father was there with us and uh, 22 people walked in that storefront that morning. And that's where it began. That church is still in existence today and um, just recently had a pastoral change and doing well. And we give God glory for that. But I I mentioned it yesterday and and on a... um, comments, some comments on that. I, I, a lady, first lady that commented, I thought about her because Lisa and I met her at a fall festival we were having. And she came to that fall festival dressed like a clown. <laughs> uh, big red nose and big, you know, shoes and the whole deal. Uh, it, was just a, it was just a few months after that, Lisa and I taught her a Bible study and this lady's life was forever changed. And 22 years later, she's still living for God and her family, her mother-in-law, her sister. And I could tell you the stories of their family. And she was just yesterday saying, thank you, pastor, for coming. Thank you because of my life. I wouldn't be where I am today had, had you not come all those years ago. And then there was another lady that commented and she talked about how God touched her and changed her and her life in, in living for God, increased in things, knowledge of the Word of God. And then there was a young man that commented on it and he was talking about uh, how if we had not gone and, and tried to start this church and do what we did, he would not be where he is today. And where he is today is he's pastoring a church. And he, I literally picked him up on the street one morning after dropping the girls off at school and I saw him walking down the street and picked him up and out of that relationship... Uh, his life was changed and now he pastors a church and he was saying yesterday, thank you pastor, all those years later, I'm telling you, when you get in the presence of majesty, it doesn't matter what kind of life that you've lived, it doesn't matter how bad things have been, it doesn't matter how far it seems from where you need to be that you are, His majesty, hallelujah, there is something about the power of God. There's something about the authority of God. There's something about that loftiness of our God that when you get in his presence and you encounter majesty, everything in your life can change. Here's what Psalms 29.4 says. 
The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. When he begins to speak, <laughs> there's supreme power. When he begins to speak, there's sovereignty. I feel the presence of the Lord here. When he begins to speak, things start changing. So I stressed it a couple of times when we read the text. Six days in, he, he took Peter and then then Peter brings the name up. Never, never, never mentions the other two. James and John there. It just keeps referencing Peter. He was the one. It's good. This is good. This is good. It's good we're here. It, it, it's Peter that's doing all of that. Now, years later, this is what he had to say in his writing. 2 Peter 1. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> he said, I haven't been following a fairy tale, Mother Goose. Oh, whoever in the shoe. No, 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 no. He said, we haven't followed. We haven't followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. <laughs> he said, I am what I am today because I saw it. <laughs> I heard it. Something happened. This isn't make-believe. This, this isn't fairy tale. This, this isn't something that just came along. He said, I witnessed it. I witnessed the majesty. That's what I'm preaching about today. I want you to be able to walk out saying, I encountered majesty. I witnessed majesty. And years later, my life is not the same. I'm not the same person that I was. Because of His majesty. He said, For we received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to Him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son. He's referencing back. He's saying, This is when I saw majesty. <laughs> I saw, I saw a face like a sun. I saw garments like a light. I, I, I saw other biblical characters, if you will, show up. And then all of a sudden, a voice and, and his. And I ended up on the ground. And then he spoke to me. It, this, 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 he's going back. I heard it. I heard it. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard. I, know, I, I did not just witness it with my eyes. I heard it with my ears he said it came from heaven and we heard it when we were with him in the holy Peter just goes back and says you want to know why I preach his coming you want to know why I preach his power you want to know why I've done what I've done and he's writing later in life he's saying let me take you back to a special place where I encountered majesty and I have never 
been the same. I'm so tired of church. Come on. That's just routine. Canned. Planned. I'm praying God gets us back to moments that when he shows up, we cannot stand. <laughs> when he shows up, I can do nothing but surrender. It's those moments that you walk away from when life gets tough that you look back on and they hold you. They keep you. And if you never encounter His majesty, then I dare say you probably really don't know Him like you could. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah.